welcome to another episode of Coffee and Jesus. I'm Josiah Stroop, and today I'm with my grandpa, Lynn Cohen. And so he's an elder of my local church at the River Center, and so I'm very excited to have him today as a guest speaker. And I actually don't have an iced vanilla latte today. I am at my grandparents' house, and I have a Russian tea. And so that's one of my top favorite drinks i would say they make the best russian tea at their place and i honestly can't get it anywhere else so i'm taking advantage of this time and having my russian tea and having my grandpa kind of share his thoughts on kind of his relationship with god and where he's been and i think this episode is going to be just a great setup of hearing what it's like to be an elder of the church and what it's like growing up um, just in his background and what he has to share about his relationship with God. So, yeah, so handing over the mic to Lynn Cohen and kind of just share um, kind of like your testimony a little bit and where you're at now. Awesome. Thank you, Joey. What, a, what an honor, a privilege to be a part of your, your life and a part of this journey, the blogs that you're doing is so interesting. I think I've listened to them all and just so encouraging, inspiring, challenging to see a young man like you growing up just with a passion and a hunger for God and just really, really just inspires me. And uh, so I do have a question, though. Um, what is it in that cup that makes that Russian tea? What? Why is it called Russian tea? I don't know. That's your that's your homework assignment to figure out why that's called. What's Russian about it? I don't know. Because it's tea and orange. It's green tea, orange orange juice, water. I don't know what's Russian. Anyway, <laughs> sorry about that. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, Joey told me earlier in the day that uh, that he would like for me just to talk a little bit about my journey uh, in life growing up as a child and, and adolescent and becoming an adult and getting married and having children and then uh, what I how my life progressed from that point on to where I'm at today and and uh, what I see maybe a little bit about the future of our lives and probably more like the future of our church, the River Center. I'm very, uh, very involved in the River Center Church here in locally, here in Lebanon. And so just talk a little bit maybe at the end about that. But um, just starting, I was born, I always tell people this, I was born a Christian. Uh, my parents, my, my mom and dad, were both uh, wonderful, wonderful parents. Loved the Lord, both of them. They were born-again Christians, uh, served God, just really had a desire to love Jesus with all of their heart. And uh, we, we lived on a farm all of my childhood growing up. My dad was a farmer. And so um, we worked hard. That was kind of the main thing that we did is we worked hard during the week. And then uh, 
on Sundays, on the on Sunday we went to church every single Sunday. Uh, we went to church two times, morning and evening. And then we would go to church on Wednesday night. And so church was very much a part of our lives growing up. And um, we were very faithful about doing that. I had three brothers, two older brothers and a, one younger brother. And um, we would we would all go to church together as a family. Um, and so that was a, it's a great um, foundation of my life, just really firmly planted um, in, the, in the belief and the value and the benefit of church and being a part of a, a church family. And um, I, I credit my involvement in church today and my, my desire to be a part of the body of Christ, to be a part of our local church today, to going back even to those years of my life uh, just really having that um, grilled into me by my parents that church is so important, so valuable, and so beneficial, and just being a part of, you know, having strong relationships in the body of Christ. And so, yeah, um, so I was, um, went to church a lot, and um, it, we had uh, annual revival meetings at our church uh, and during one of those sessions uh, I recall just inviting uh, just sensing feeling the need for for Jesus to be my savior and um, I recall I remember driving home after church one night and sitting in the back seat my mom and dad in the front and I I was just really quiet, it's super quiet. I don't know if I said a word on the way home. And my mom finally said to me, so are you okay? And I said, I don't know, Mom, I feel weird. I feel, I feel different. I feel strange. I, I think that's kind of how I said it. And she goes, I know what that is. That's Jesus knocking at your heart, wanting to come and live inside of you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that, I think that's it. And she said, when we get home, I will pray with you to invite Jesus into your heart. I remember that night like it happened today, and that's been, I don't know, 60 years ago. Uh, yeah, probably, well, I was, I was 12 years old then. So, yeah, it was 60-some years ago. And so um, I remember going home that night and for some reason, I, I, I asked mom about this one, one time years and years later, why we did it this way. But we went into the bathroom and we, my mom and I knelt down by the bathtub, <laughs> at the bathtub, and we prayed a prayer uh, inviting Jesus into my heart. I, cr I recall that. I remember that. I, I can almost feel that sense, that feeling today of Jesus coming into my life. And um, I am so incredibly grateful for that because the Bible says that he will never leave me or forsake me. And I believe this, that Jesus came into my life that night and he has always been there, all these years.
through everything that I've gone through, Jesus has always been there. And so I am grateful for that. I'm grateful that, that my mom led me in that prayer, invited Jesus into my life then. And so, yeah, then um, my, uh, like I said, I was 12 years old. I was in seventh grade then. And, you know, we, we, um, as an adolescent then, just growing up at home, uh, my teenage years, um, we worked a lot. I got a job in town working at a co-op. Um, as a young man, I, I think I was in Kansas, western Kansas. I c you could get your driver's license at age uh, 14, your permit. And so uh, by age 14, I was driving by myself into town from our farm. Dad would send me to town to get supplies, tractor parts or something that would break down. He'd say, run to John Deere and get this. And I'd hop in the pickup and I'm 14. I could barely see over the steering wheel and I'm driving the pickup all the way to town and back. And I'm like, I don't know how, how that all happened, but we did. We, we just grew up working on the farm and that was fun. I, I loved growing up on the farm. My dad was an amazing farmer, a great example of a godly man. He worked hard. He was a big, muscular guy, a strong, hard worker, um, just loved farming, loved working hard, and uh, was always such a great example to me. And just I just loved being a part of his life and working with him. And then um, as an adult, when I turned 19, uh, that was right during the height of the Vietnam War. And uh, uh, some of you might, might know about this, or some of us older folks might remember. Some of you younger folks wouldn't, know, wouldn't remember this, but back then they had the called what was called the... Um, the I forget what it's called now. Lottery system. Lo the government, the federal government had a lottery system. And so every 19-year-old uh, was, give, was, was given a number. And if you're, when your number came up, then you had to report to duty and be drafted into the military, and, and you would eventually end up in Vietnam. And I... I knew for some reason, just down deep in my heart, I knew I did not want to go to Vietnam. And, and I kept thinking, well, maybe, that, maybe they won't call my number. Well, they were at that, that year, they were, the lottery was going up to 200. And guess what my number was? 10. My lottery number was 10. So there's no way I was going to get out of being called to go to Vietnam. Well, at that point, our church had uh, what was called, uh, we were, our church was non-resistant, had a, a belief and an agreement with the government that the young boys my age didn't have to go to Vietnam, but you had to go through a reclassification process and get classified as a 1A, which meant you didn't have to go to Vietnam, but you still had to serve two years in voluntary service somewhere here in the States. And so at that point, uh, Lebanon, Oregon, the hospital in Lebanon, Oregon, was one of the places that we could go 
to serve two years of voluntary service. And so that's where I went. Uh, I chose Lebanon, Oregon. I came from Montezuma, Kansas to Lebanon, Oregon to serve two years in the Lebanon hospital here, volunteer. And so uh, that was a good thing in my life, good, good adventure. I was, I was just a young kid, never been away from home, never had ever, I don't know if I'd ever spent a night away from my parents ever. You know, we, we went on a few vacations with, as a family, but other than that, we never went away from home. I never spent a night away from my dad and mom. And I hopped in the car and came out to Lebanon, Oregon at 19. And that was, that was kind of hard, but I survived that and, and uh, got, came out here and started working in the hospital and um, did that for two years. And in that time, I met my wife, or my soon-to-be wife, and Betty and I. And uh, we got married. And... Uh, and raised two daughters. Um, one of our daughters is Joey's mother, <laughs> Kimberly, our oldest daughter. Um, but yeah, that was a good season of our life. Just loving God, uh, loving each other, loving our daughters. Just that was such a grand time of our lives, just working and I had a really good job driving truck, uh, one of the best, a, a really good income, provided really well for the needs of our family. And we lived on a little farm out in the country and had animals and stuff. That was fun. And just raising our daughters. And then, um, and, and we went to church every t all the time. We went um, Sunday morning, Sunday night. We went... Um, yeah, this and loved loved our church at that time, and uh, had some really good friends, deep relationships, people that we really loved, and people, uh, other couples our age that had children our children's ages, and so that was fun. That they connected well with those children, and so we just had a good time. And so the church was was kind of like uh, one of those things that you just did. You know, I, I was raised in church. My wife was raised in church. And so, yeah, we just, it was just a habit of ours to go to church. And um, we really weren't like that on fire for Christ, for Jesus, Christians at that point. It was more like just something that we did often a lot to be with our friends and, but not really, really totally all in connected with Jesus at that time just really more about just going to church and so then um, I remember one time uh, once once uh, fall there was a young marriage retreat that we went to our church hosted uh, and we went out to a camp somewhere and the the guy that our guest speaker was there talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that was something that was new to us, to Betty and I. We, in my childhood growing up, and then as, as you know, young marriage, we'd, we'd never really heard about that or talked about it. 
but this preacher was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the power of, of the Holy Spirit coming upon you and going out in the book of Acts talked about Jesus said, wait in the upper room till the promise of the Father comes upon you and then go. And, and you read the book of Acts. Once they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they went out and, and impacted the, no, the whole known world at that time. The baptism of the Holy Spirit made a huge difference in, the, in their lives. And so this, this preacher was talking about that and at the end of the uh, two-day, two-night um, retreat, he said, does anybody here want to come up and get baptized in the Holy Spirit? And he had hardly even finished saying that. And uh, my wife was already on her feet going forward. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, uh, wait a minute. What are you doing? Why are you going up there? And so she, she, the, the people prayed for her. And she was instantly baptized in the Holy Spirit that moment. And so I'm like sitting in my seat just thinking, I, you know, she's up there. I can't really just be sitting here. I shouldn't just be sitting with my hands, on, sitting on my hands, watching. I should be up there, too. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll go up there, too. And so I went up there, and the, the minister prayed for me, too. But I, at that moment, I didn't sense anything different. I didn't feel anything any change, nothing, but about uh, six months, eight months later, I was riding in the back of a bus with a uh, good friend of ours who, who was baptizing the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, and I was sitting on the floor beside him. He was so this was a gospel singing group, and we were coming home from a concert with them in their in their bus. And so he's he's just we were talking, and he says, "Well, let's just pray about that." So he started praying, and he and he started praying in English, and then he went into praying in tongues. And I'm just sitting there listening to him, and out of the blue, I just started praying in tongues. And I'm like, I wasn't even thinking about that, wasn't even trying. I, I was, I, and I just started praying in tongues, and I'm like uh, thinking, wow, that's incredible. That's amazing. That, I'm telling you, Joey, that was probably the most awakening feeling that I've ever had that night, riding and sitting on the floor of their bus, sitting beside that friend, and began to pray in tongues. I, 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 that night changed my life forever. I, at that moment, I, I, God put within me this incredible, amazing, unquenchable desire for more uh, hunger for his word, for the word of God. At, at up until then, I, I had read the Bible. I'd I had memorized all the, the Bible stories in Sunday school growing up as a kid, but never really had this in, unquenchable thirst to dig into the Word of God and to study and to read and to understand and have the Word of God just be opened up inside of me. 
uh, like like I'd never experienced that before, and so it's amazing. And and so I I went home. By, uh, Betty, that year after being baptized in the Holy Spirit, she read the Bible from front to back five times. <laughs> through in one year, she read through the Bible five times, and so we you know it changed our home. We we. We were always walking around the house, singing and praising God. Uh, we prayed often. We spent a lot of time praying together with our with our daughters. We prayed about everything. Uh, I mean, it just revolutionized our lives. It was the the power of the Holy Spirit came upon us, and it changed our lives dramatically. And and at that point, uh, we really felt called by God to. Um, uh, began our children were involved in the in a Christian school here in town and uh, and that school also had a church which was Lebanon Chapel now the River Center and so we started uh, attending that church on Sunday evening and every time we would go to church Sunday evening God would just speak directly to us we, we would walk away from church, and I'd look at my wife. She'd look at me, and we'd go, that was amazing. How did, he, how did that preacher know about us? He doesn't even know us. How did he know that's happening in our lives? I mean, every time it was the message was pinpointed to us, and it was God just speaking to our hearts, speaking to our lives, just drawing us and, and opening up Scripture and opening up truths, biblical truths to us that we were just hungry for. And we loved it. We loved, we just, that was such a great season of our lives, just God just revealing more and more of himself to us, just drawing us deeper and deeper into him. And so that was, what a, what a blessed time that was. And so, yeah, that was, that was, that was good. And then, uh, so, uh, I, and then so we were in uh, part of the so we, so we didn't uh, shortly after that we we made a decision we met with the pastor of the church we were attending and, and told him that what we believed that God was asking us to begin attending uh, the River Center or then called the Lebanon Chapel and so we we made a switch and start going there and uh, attended have attended that church ever the River Center ever since, uh, but um, it was it was during that season that time that God was just just working in our hearts, working in our lives, drawing us to Him. That we uh, that I felt really called to be more uh, hands on serving God. You know, not not just having a personal relationship with Him, but but uh, using that gifting and graces in my life to serve the body of Christ, to serve the church and to serve other people. And I loved doing that. I loved reaching out and helping people and serving people. And so I was, um, I was ordained a deacon in the church. And um, then shortly after that, I was ordained an elder in the church. And then... Uh, not too long after that, uh, I really felt called by God to go full-time 
on staff ministry at the church. And so I quit my job as a truck driver and went on staff at the at the Lebanon Chapel, now the River Center, and have been an elder at that church, been I served there for 20 years uh, on staff at the church and just really grew in the Lord, uh, experience, had an amazing journey just serving the church, helping out, being a part of the church, uh, leading our community outreach ministries, uh, helping our church be more involved in the community, uh, serving the community helping people in the community and, and so that kind of stuff. And that was that was really a good season of my life, just building the kingdom of God together with other people in the church. And so, yeah, so that's that kind of that's where I'm at now. My, I just wanted to give, um, just kind of wrap it up here, my uh, life scripture that uh, I have always, I remember, this scripture from uh, from as a small child, I, re I remember reading and knowing and hearing this scripture and and learning this scripture is uh, in Matthew six where it says, Jesus says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God," and then this amazing promise that He says, "If you seek Me first, if you desire and love Me with all of your heart, then He says." All these things shall be added unto you. And so I remember just thinking, even as a young child, that all these things means, you know, that your the rest of your life will be is in the hands of God and, and he will take care of you and he will bless you and he'll provide for you and do all that for you. But first, I have to seek God with all of my heart. And so that's been kind of a life motto, life scripture for me. And so. Anyway, so uh, that kind of covers my journey. I could talk a little bit about where I think our church is headed, where we're headed from here, but I'll turn it back over to you, see if you have any other thoughts or questions. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. I think your story is so unique, and even just, like, listening to that and, like, understanding that, we're so close and yet I'm hearing all these stories for the first time <laughs> like this happened with my dad yeah. where I'm just like I never knew about that drafting lottery ticket or the time you spent with your mom but I think it's just so beneficial to hear like how easy it was to like go and like be with your mom at by the tub right. and just asking to receive Jesus right. and it's like you don't have to take this course or this class or do all these crazy steps it's like immediate even with like receiving the holy spirit you went up and received it yeah. and that all came just from your heart and your desire to seek god and god truly just wants you to just go to him and it's immediate receiving and like even the bible talks about ask and you'll receive seek and you'll find and so it's really that simple and through that god's already just been dealing so much in your life and gifted you and called you to certain things and I really appreciate your obedience throughout this whole journey and that there's still so much more to come in your life and even with our local church we know there's just so much God's doing and so it's all just exciting it's not like we're living like 
this scary time of being a Christian. It's like this is an exciting time to be a Christian, be a part of the local kingdom building church. So, yeah, I think all of that was just so beneficial for all of us listening. And, yeah, I think that's wonderful. And even while I was thinking, I was thinking about, like, each of our journeys spending time with God. And, like, some people love to go on walks, and they feel that's how they get closer to God and pray while they walk. Or even, for me, it's like going to a coffee shop and doing my journaling and devotion stuff. And I know for you... Um, you like to spend time with God in scripture, but also in prayer. And so, um, yeah, can you just share kind of like how meaningful that is to you and that time for you spending time with God in prayer and scripture? Sure. Yeah. And before I share that, Joey, I just want to say this before our time runs out here. But uh, I, I just so uh, appreciate and see your heart. And I, you know, just thinking back over my childhood and my teenage years and my adolescent years, and I've I've just been been honored to watch you go through that season of your life, you know, and just where you're at now, just this uh, unquenchable passion for Jesus is just so so. I'm very very proud of you, Joey. Just proud of you for just you know just pursuing God with all of your heart and I love that but yeah I think um, I think where we're at now Betty and I uh, of course the word of God the truth of God and and is 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 key is very fundamental uh, to our future and also this the spirit of God just being real in our lives that Jesus is alive and well in us and he is active in our lives he's not just way up in heaven looking on and saying man i hope you guys figured out jesus said i will send the holy spirit and he will be with you always and the holy spirit you read the bible and you see so many things he's our helper he's our guide he's our comforter he's our all these things and that holy spirit he lives inside of me constantly every day and so I'm excited about that, but as far as our church goes, I think um, our church leadership now, uh, especially our lead pastor Warren Stroop, is leading our church in the in this realm of prayer, and prayer is is really acknowledging to God that we need God, that we our lives depend on God, our future depends. We are totally dependent upon God. Without God, we don't stand a chance. And with God, all things are possible. And so that's where we're at. We're moving forward. Uh, our church, God is blessing us, blessing our, pouring out his favor on our church in amazing, incredible ways. We're seeing answers to prayer, amazing healings, miraculous things are happening with people and, and lives and families in our church. And so um, we're praising God for that and just believing God for more and more of our, in our church. Wow, yeah, it's all amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. Like, this means the world to me, and I'm sure all of you listening really appreciate your time talking and sharing your story and what God's doing in your life and what he's doing now with all of us. And so, yeah, just thank you for your time, and thank you all for listening so much. I 
still yet again just means the world to me for all you listeners listening to this podcast and I truly have made this podcast for you guys to grow and benefit off of and kind of reflect and learn more about who our God is and how much he loves us and wants this true connection with us. Have yourself an iced vanilla latte or a Russian tea. As for me right now, it's yet again, I don't know why it's called Russian tea, but try to look it up, figure out the ingredients, would recommend 10 out of 10. Have a great day.